0: Hey, this is Josh, and welcome to our Grace Church podcast. We are so excited to bring you this conversation today. We think that the next few minutes will stretch your thoughts, focus your prayers, and help you to better understand how God is moving among us. At Grace Church, we are all living out our ancient faith and modern times together. To find out more about what's going on on our campus here in Ocala, please visit us at graceocala.org. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, this is Father Jonathan coming to you with our next in uh, the Three Pastors Conversation discussion. And so I have with me Michael Rawls and Dax Romide. Welcome, guys. What up? (laughs) What up? Thanks for being here. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing politics. And uh, when I was... uh, Thinking through this idea a little bit, I texted Josh, hey, we should have a discussion where we say, who would Jesus vote for? And uh, Josh wrote back, no, that's the worst idea possible. (laughs) I don't want to have that discussion, nor do I want to listen to it. So uh, I agree. I don't want to have that discussion because I think it's too narrow. But today on Christianity uh, Today, I pulled off some of these stats. And I just want to read them to you, and then I'd love uh, for this to begin uh, begin our discussion and sort of inform it. So the, the title of the article is More Sermons Endorse Clinton. And according to the, a new Pew research that just came out, it says that 1% of churchgoers said their pastor has spoken pot- positively of Donald Trump compared to 6% who heard praise for Hillary Clinton. Both, let's note, single digits, shall we? I mean, we're talking... <laughs> talking so 99% have heard nothing about Donald Trump. And 96% have heard nothing positive. Wait, is that 94% have heard nothing positive about uh, Hillary Clinton? Um, Trump was also the subject of more uh, pastoral criticism. 7% said that their leaders had spoken against Trump, while 4% had spoken specifically against Clinton. Single digits still, but uh, something to note that people felt, pastors felt riled up enough, at least 7%. Now, Partly the reason I think people are speaking about it or not is what's called the Johnson Amendment, and that is you cannot um, use your church as a platform for a particular candidate. Mm-hmm. Trump actually currently wants to repeal that amendment. Uh, you're both laughing, so he that's... hasn't seen the stats apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, He doesn't know his own his own undoing here. Um, but here's interesting. Okay, so like, so even with the current ban, the Johnson Amendment, where Pastors are not allowed to endorse a candidate from the pulpit. Uh, or even, uh, like we, we you, the, none of us could actually officially, in the capacity of a, being a leader of a church, endorse somebody. Individually, we can say whatever we want. Uh, you can tell us who you can vote for. But um, as a church, I can't say that. Um, here's what it says, though. Even with the current ban, which has been part of the tax code since uh, 1954... One in ten recent churchgoers said their leaders discussed the candidates, so ten percent are still doing it anyway. Uh, additionally, more than six in ten have heard clergy speak about political issues, which I, I'd love for us to talk about that because I think the issues are uh, as important, perhaps more important than the candidates, because um, that's what they're going to do. I think presidential candidates promises promise rainbows. Uh, and can deliver none of it because they're they're part of a, a much larger system. And I'll wrap it up with this. You wait. Let me here. You want to guess what the most the the three most common issues are that they bring up that pastors are. So six and ten have heard political issues discussed from the pulpit. What are those three issues that they're hearing most re, most frequently? Want to guess? Abortion and gay. <laughs> ah, you got two of the three right. Yes, yes. Uh, you didn't get number one though. Right. That's, that you got uh, Homosexuality was number two, and abortion was number three. What's well, number one? Michael,
1: any guesses? Oh, no, I wouldn't dare. Religious
0: be freedom, this. man. Oh. Religious freedom where it's all being stripped away and we're being held back from our freedom. So um, those are the three issues that are being most commonly discussed from the pulpit on political issues. Okay, so now you've heard all the stats. I got more here if you're interested. But uh, how would you uh, respond to any of those? Dax, you first, man.
2: I don't talk about politics. from I can't believe anybody <laughs> talks about politics from the pulpit. That's what I, I would like to say. For you, you want zero out of ten to talk right. about politics from the pulpit. Right. Why? So, why? I mean, I think that we should all have valid, thoughtful opinions about politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not think that we should necessarily be talking about individual candidates from the pulpit. Okay. Aside from the law, though, why? I don't say this very often, but I'm okay with this law. Right, like there's. (laughs) (laughs) This is one that I don't mind. To me, I'm a big fan of the separation of church. Can we put that on a loop? Sure. I'm in favor of this law. I'm in favor of this law.
0: (laughs) <laughs> That's Romite. I'm in favor of this law. Okay, good. Go, keep going.
2: Yeah, I just, I am a big fan of the idea of the separation of church and state. I, mm-hmm. I don't want a state-mandated religion, and I don't want religion mandating, mandating what happens in the state because it might not be my religious views, right? I really like the idea. And so in that, that in the heart of that, I would like pastors to not be telling people how to vote.
0: Okay. So, you're you're more leaning towards the hey endorse the or not endorse but go after political issues right those I, are I things that we want to talk happy about to talk about political okay. issues and
2: the state of the the culture and the, right. you know that kind of thing sure sure I talk about that more than I talk about even the individual issues I just I don't bring up political issues from I don't actually even have a pulpit but from the pulpit um, sure. and but the state of the country and the state of our society and our culture i talk about every single week so maybe they're the same but they're not
0: okay okay i'm with you michael what do you think Do you think pastors should should never speak about candidates uh like dax he wants he wants a zero out of ten
1: um i I would probably not a zero out of ten with dax but i would agree with that yeah you you have to talk about the principles that are being addressed in politics um, one, it's it's something that is on people's minds and hearts, and so right. you address it. Um, I agree. I, I don't think it's the place of a pastor to get up and uh, and uh, unintentionally bind the conscience of a parishioner by supporting one person over another. I do think we have the right uh, and responsibility to speak of how our parishioners, how the people in the congregation, think of candidates. Um, meaning, say more about that. What uh, do you mean by that? Um, I think I know what, you mean, but more, what do you mean. More addressing the reality that many people sit in there, particularly every four years, and find a presidential candidate that, uh, while they would not say they think they're Jesus, they definitely approach uh, approach their vote as though that that person will be the savior of this world. Okay. Um, and, and talking people, uh, not necessarily talking them out of that, but at least approaching their heart and saying. Uh, Be careful the way you hold candidates. Whichever candidate it is that you want to hold, um, be aware that you're putting your hope and salvation in a political platform. This is
0: particularly true in the Christian world. Would you not say? uh, This election for me has really brought forward um, something that I had, in my mind, sort of reasoned out this wasn't true, but I realize now fully that, by and large, the Republican Party has claimed the evangelical vote. Mm -hmm. They just have. If you're an evangelical, you're going to vote Republican. You wouldn't dare not vote Republican because of all the party platforms that they have equated as as the two. And this particular election has made them, uh, has really brought all of that under a a pretty intense scrutiny and microscope. So, Michael, to your point about people seeing the candidates as Jesus and as saviors, um, particularly white evangelicals, let's be honest, mm. let's, let's let's talk about where it's really at, those folks are finding themselves in a quagmire. And yet, according to this um, Pew study, 78% of white evangelicals are voting for Donald J. Trump. So 80% are still pledging their support. So this allegiance between the, both the party and evangelical Christians is, I'm going to say... Really darn strong.
1: I, I would add the caveat that it sounds like evangelical, at least in the last five years, has probably become more of a political term than a term describing uh, the faith of, of Christians. Why would you say that? Uh, it it seems as it seems to carry more weight in the political realm in okay. describing what people would do politically than describing how they would live their life. Completely in, agree. In Comple- their faith.
0: completely agree with this. So much so that. Christianity Today, and we're using the same publication over and over again, had a whole big cover story. What is evangelical? And their point was, the politicians seem to know what it is, but do you? <laughs> so let's do that. Who are these 78% of evangelical voters who are voting for the Republican candidate right now, at least saying they're going to vote for the Republican candidate, Party candidate? What, what's an Evangelical.
2: Are you asking me what I think an evangelical is, or what (laughs) Donald Trump thinks? No, but like, is it what I think the word evangelical means, or is it, or are we asking how? to? Because my website specifically describes us as an evangelical church, and then it says that that is because of what the word means, not because who it identifies us with. Tell Mm -hmm. us, come on, right? And so that's an important distinction for me. I'm inviting you to preach right now,
0: Dex. Tell me
2: (laughs) when. Bill Maher talks about evangelicals. He's not talking about me. He's talking about a political party. He's talking about people who believe God's a Republican. And he's talking about people – he's talking about the exact, you know, tie between politics and religion that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about people who will stand on the street corner with a, you know, honk if you hate gay people Mm -hmm. sign and things like that, right? Like this is not – i don't even i've never even met any of these people okay. okay and so i don't know where they are i don't know who they are but i don't know who they're signing up for evangelicals when they're talking about them but you can watch the nightly news any night that you want to and find who they're they'll have clips from evangelical people that they're calling evangelical not how i define evangelical. So what's your definition uh, somebody who is uh, belongs to a church that is missions oriented, in the sense that they are trying to, the word evangelize, right? Like that's what we're talking about. We're trying to make a difference, an eternal difference, in our community and in the people around us. Okay.
0: Uh, love it, Dax. Michael, distinctions you would make between what you think an evangelical is and what the political party says it is.
1: Uh, You know, if I can use myself and cite my own statement, I would go back to it's people who, uh, the good news, the evangelism they're bringing is a candidate. As far as the political description, they are evangelical in in that they are associated with the Christian church in some way. But for them, their greatest news is that they have a new candidate that may save the world. Okay. Um, They would not put it that way. Right. That's definitely not the kindest description of it. Right. Um, but I, I most certainly think it's uh, you know you could call it nominal Christianity, um, but even then, uh, it, it seems as a many uh, many people in churches today. Um, I don't know if you want to say have been duped. Well, <laughs> that, I, that's exactly they, what we want to say. That I mean, they, say they, have, that. they have bought into it, um, and uh, you know they've they've followed down the path of. of least resistance I know for sure that
0: uh, George W. Bush no wait the second one that was the first one George W. was the first one right
2: Mm -hmm. Herbert was the first one George
0: W. Bush specifically ran on a platform of undoing or of capturing that voter that you're talking about in the white evangelical world if I capture them I'm going to win he won twice Um, you guys know who Sam Harris is He's a, one of these uh, evangelical atheists. Mm. That is, you know, he wants more mm-hmm. people to be atheists. Sure. Yeah. I was listening to his podcast this morning, and uh, he says that he cannot—we live in such a world right now, politically speaking, that we could not even possibly entertain the idea of a candidate who did not have a belief in God, that it would be anathema to the United mm-hmm. States mm-hmm. if we had a secularist run for office. Um think That's true. I mean, because again, here we're mixing this idea of your church website, DAX, mm-hmm. what the evangelical is with what the political party says is the evangelical. And we, we convolute those two words very nicely in our hearts, and we think, oh, I'm voting for the gospel, I'm voting for Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I actually don't think it would be a success if we finally had a non Christian <laughs> or non God believing president, but it was an interesting proposition, and yeah. it goes with what you're saying here, Michael. About our uh, conjoining of ideas that shouldn't shouldn't be. Yeah. What would you? How would you respond to that, if at all? <laughs> I mean, here I'm quoting Sam Harris instead of Jesus, so <laughs> I, I probably should be mortified. Yeah. Did I just he convince did
1: that. you? Did, did, did he pull you over to the other <laughs> side? The other side. I've now given up my faith in Jesus Christ. No. Uh,
0: I thought he made a, a compelling a compelling point, though. It made yeah. me think, like, would I vote for a candidate who was not a Christian, but who's political uh, aspirations I believed in. I I started having an internal discussion with myself and God. Like, how would I feel about that? Um, Because in my world, it's always been somebody, by the way, who, not just a God believer, but a Christian. That's who my entire adult life I've known, but as I look at every other uh, presidential candidate, it's always been a Christian. It's never not been a Christian. Now, have they been evangelicals or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Have they been real believers? I don't I mean this is goes back to your point, Michael, about yeah. nominal
1: belief. Yeah. And it's particularly presidential candidates, um, they've all claimed some Christian faith. Right. Um, as far as in in the times that it's mattered. Um But you can't really go and test it that well. Right. Um but most major candidates they're going to run at least on the platform that yeah I'm an American Christian um, whether it's the main part of their platform or not so I agree with the guy that no I, I don't think it, we would elect a candidate like that in our world I also would go so far as to, to say that uh, I don't think we would elect, elect somebody who uh, is a fundamentalist Christian either and that uh, somebody who who would uh, they scare us? yeah I think that would scare the most of the population rather thoroughly um I would rather vote for the secular (laughs) humanist.
2: Over a fundamentalist? Yes. Because why? Well, because they are less terrifying. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? So uh, because of what I said at the beginning about separation from church, you know, between church and state, in order to be consistent in that statement, I would have to be able to vote for someone who was a secular humanist, although on the issues, I agreed with them, right? And so... uh, Well, we almost had that, too. Bernie Sanders Mm -hmm. would have been the first Mm -hmm.
0: secularist ever to be elected if he both ran and was elected because he calls himself a, uh, a Jewish person but he says I'm a secular Jew yeah. so
1: Jewish by culture right, or by culture, ethnicity right. yeah, correct
0: mm-hmm. so he would have been a secularist That it almost happened which means we're not that far
1: mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't seem like we're that far from it
0: it almost mm-hmm. happened right um, how would you feel about that so you'd be okay with it Michael okay how'd, with oh, sorry, you I'm pointing here you right. Dax would be okay with right. it uh, Michael how would you be about that? feel about that
1: uh, I think I would be refreshed by the honesty okay. uh, of somebody just saying, no, I really, I go to church just so that you people vote for me. <laughs> um, I feel like we have I, a it right political. right actually, actually. I think I I we've had like that candidate like for, for <laughs> de- generations Maybe yeah, you're right. But, yeah. That's interesting. But they yeah. never will go that far. That's what they do. But right. they, they never have been bold enough to say, yeah, I'm just going to stop doing that. You guys, you guys know it's a sham. Um, I would appreciate it. I would be refreshed by that. Um, uh. could you support one could you support a secularist
0: so let's say you have two candidates because we're stuck with a two party system Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just endure that for a second somebody who's still playing the Christian evangelical card whether it's real or not because we don't know blah 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 I like your distinctions versus a secularist whose policies you agree more with how would you as a pastor handle that
2: I mean that's, I mean, that's the rubber
0: meeting in the road right
2: I'm going with the secularist. Okay.
0: How do you justify that, though?
2: Well, because they're not running the church, they're running the country. Okay. And since I think that if you took it to the other extreme, if we were to elect some fundamentalist, mm-hmm. you know, evangelical, then they have a tendency to try to legislate morality, okay. right? And so you can assume then that the secular humanist, humanist is not necessarily going to try to legislate morality. They're not going to impose God's view on alcohol, or whatever into the uh, so it's fundamentalists that have made those kinds of errors. I think in our um, political system where they have tried to make everybody do things that um, God told us to do, as in things, education and enforcement issues that are between us and God. I don't think are the government's job.
0: Okay, let me let me push back a little bit if I could, though, Dad's sure. on you here because there are some folks on the right. Mm-hmm who say that's exactly what the liberals are doing. I understand. Is they're taking their version of morality mm-hmm. and imposing it on the, the, the nation with a nanny state, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I agree. They're just doing it from a secular point of view. Right. And, and they would say that's about- happening
2: contemporarily. Well, and I'm—I find myself not agreeing with the left or the right on this. On mm-hmm. on lots of socialist issues, I'm sort of on the left. On lots of economic and other things, I'm sort of on the right. But on any issue that has to do with the government telling me what's safe for me, mm-hmm. where the left would kind of go, we need to we need to enforce this rule that everybody wears bicycle helmets. I would be against that, right? So I think I'm responsible for my head and whether or not I die. And also with my kids, kind of. And so I think that the government ought to stay out of all sorts of things, that people on the left are trying to get the government involved in some things, the people on the right are trying to get them involved in other things, and I, I would like for them to just stay out of everything. That except. sounds
0: more like libertarians. Well, I,
2: th- I am, in fact, a card-carrying libertarian, but in is. the last Boom. decade or so... Our it, eight it, listeners now y- know exactly yeah, where you yeah. stand. Yeah, Boom! Oh, yeah, right. no, we're, we're done. done. <laughs> no, I, I need win. I need to make. A, <laughs> I need to put in a distinction in the last decade or so that has has been hijacked by a group of people that I am as about as excited to say libertarian these days as I am to say evangelical, right? Because of who it associates me with. Okay. So
1: Yeah, I, back to your question on, on whether you'd vote for a secular humanist. Part of the caveat was if they agreed with my policies, I don't know if that's possible. Um, I, I I my my expectation is that would be an oxymoron. Um, and so, yes, somebody who uh, who agreed with my policies, whether they said they attended church or not, uh, that would be easy uh, to agree to. Uh, someone who held to most secular humanist values, uh, I, I'm certain I would run up against in places.
0: Okay, so look, we're dancing around this issue. I, I that I think we need to go after, and that is, okay, so how should Christians vote? Not who should they vote for. That's a, a silly question, I think. But what are some of the criteria that the, if it's a single one or multiples that we as Christians should be using uh, as our litmus test? Because obviously we have them. We, we were believers. All three of us agree on this. I, I'm convinced, and if we're not, see me later, uh, <laughs> about absolute truth. There is an absolute truth that we ascribe to, yes. and uh, because of that, that means there are standards. Mm-hmm. So what are, in your mind, as Christians look at these candidates and the election, what are some of the standards and the criteria that we should be uh, holding up?
1: You want real specific or, or can we still be vague?
2: <laughs>
0: are you afraid? Is that <laughs> what it is? Oh, no. No.
2: Um,
0: I mean, I think there's, yeah. we, truthfully, if I'm listening to this, if I was someone listening, I'd be like, well, okay, fine. We can pick at these people all we want. Trump or or Clinton but what should I be looking for okay so you're telling me I can't be an evangelical because they've co-opted that term but I am an evangelical so again I would be thinking what are some of the standards and here I'm thinking you know surely the scriptures say something about this and it does We I know we're going to bring that out but what what's the criteria that we should be looking at beyond just issues what are some of the, the the what's the template that we should be laying up against these cultural whether they're secularists or seculars secularists or christians so specific's fine but I think it's going to lead to some generalities anyway
1: yeah I, I would say first and foremost just the broad shot uh somebody who uh, who sets up policies that lead to human flourishing that, that lead to people uh, having uh the best opportunity at life uh, that's where you run into the first challenges is what economic standards lead to that and you'll face disagreements um, and, and scripture will, will hold that you do care for the least of these um, and, and you do the pay the workman his wages um,
0: and you care for widows and orphans yes and you love mercy and justice and walk humbly with your God
1: yes he who doesn't doesn't work doesn't eat all those things are, are true of Scripture. Uh, this is getting more
0: complicated, not simpler. Yeah.
1: Why are you making this so complicated? That's what I get paid on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't pull that on me. No way.
0: <laughs> okay, so okay, what do we do with all that? Yeah, keep going.
1: Uh, well, the, the, the challenge we all face is that you've got these candidates that nobody's going to fall into to all of these categories. that we, re- I mean, we could sit here for a long time and list out. All those things, and so at some point, uh, each believer is uh, is left with their word, with their community, uh, and the decision. Uh, when you have somebody who's standing up for for blatant immorality, you know you don't support that. Okay. Um, I, I would say that that sounded really simple, right? You know you don't support immorality, but for the most part, that has not been the case. Particularly for those of us that call ourselves evangelicals, we've been willing to push it aside if they hold to three or four major policies right. which have been
0: what um, pro-life pro- pro-life clearly that's been a huge one for evangelicals to support a candidate on yeah which we now currently have no pro-life candidate in the race so that one's out the
1: window what else uh, it used to be sanctity of marriage yep. um, gone, too. yeah gone right. yeah <laughs> sanctity too of life gone. sanctity right. of marriage um we can throw the pro-gun one in there. It usually falls in
0: the
2: same camp. But. Yeah, that's, that was a big one. Yeah, I
0: think that one is still in play for yeah. those who love their firearms. That's Fine, right. yes. Yeah. What else? What else has been a, a big uh, issue that has been supportive? Get, can you guys think of any? I mean, the only one that, I, that occurred to me when I was asking the question was uh, this idea that I think has been so maligned now of fiscal responsibility. <laughs> Response. And now I'm like, this is a joke. It's a tagline now um, that, that they throw out there that nobody means. Because both, well, uh, the, the stats are the stats. Um, we go into more debt when we have Republicans. <laughs> I'm not making a pro-Democrat argument there. That's just the that's just the evidence. Every time we get a Republican president, we go more into debt. Uh, that's a problem. Um, so that's those are sort of the the, the, the main ones. Okay, so that's some of the, the morality template is what some of what you're offering Michael. Mm-hmm. Dash, what would you add to that, if anything? And I mean we yeah, as you gave us this good scripture by the way, Michael too, so yeah. thank you for that.
2: And that is the the scriptures that you would go to and you you have to vote your conscience, right? Like I just don't think there's any way to not vote for who you can sleep with the fact that you voted for that person and and the trouble is is that when we start talking about idealized templates and how to choose your candidate you would say things like you know a sacrificial servant of the better good the greater good of the community somebody who is um you know means what they say Somebody who so integrity followed, here now. Is sure, that what you're talking about? exactly. And so you start you, coming up with these character traits that you would give to an ideal political candidate, and how do the candidates that we have measure up to that? And the fact is, is that we you you're just left with who you still don't know who to vote for right. because nobody comes close to fitting into the template that you have. And so I'm not sure that we make this simpler by talking about it. It's the problem because if nobody meets the standard, then you end up with a hierarchy of issues that you think are more important Mm -hmm. than others. And then you have candidates that fall short in every possible way except one of them comes closer than the other to agreeing with one or two issues that you think are important.
0: And I think that's where that 78% number comes in of white evangelicals who are voting for Trump. I think that's exactly it. They have one or two issues that Mm -hmm. they've zeroed in on. Mm -hmm. I, I think of the four that we just listed. Sure. And Trump represents one of those four. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably the guns or the fiscal responsibility are the right. only two that are la- actually left in play because he's pro-choice right. and uh, sanctity of marriage is not in, not in play anymore. Right. Um, so that's what they're, they're boiling it down to. Mm-hmm. Is that intellectually responsible as a Christian?
2: I don't know what their options are. You know, I don't really have a better solution. If those are the issues, if those, are, you know, like your conscience is your conscience, and if those are your issues, and neither candidate, you have reasons to cross both candidates right off the list of even a possible candidate for president, and then, but those are the ones that they give you, uh, you know, there's the ethical dilemma of voting for a third party, right? because you're you're essentially splitting the vote. I mean, we saw this with Ross Perot, you right. know, and, and so... Um, There are ethical ramifications, I think, of knowingly putting your vote in a place where it helps the side that you think least should be elected get elected. And so what do you do?
0: I've heard a lot of, along exactly what you're saying, Dax, I've heard a lot of frustration with the two-party system where currently living under, like, oh, if we just had it with, it wasn't just a two-party choice It'd be so much better, mm-hmm. to which I want to offer the example of, say, something like Israel, where you've got a billion little parties, mm-hmm. and they make a coalition government, and guess what? Nobody's happy. Right. Congratulations. Right. Every little faction of which there's like a hundred, mm-hmm. they make this coalition government, and if one faction leaves, and it, they fall below the 50%, mm-hmm. and the government's in chaos and in turmoil, and they, they're flipping leaders every other week, mm-hmm. we can go that route. We can have that same answer. Okay, so we can't. So there's not a hard and fast template. Scripture, of course, being our guiding principle. I do want to say I think things like um, that we brought up about um, caring for the poor, Mm -hmm. uh, caring for the defenseless, Mm -hmm. uh, giving voice to those who um, whose voice has been removed either by society or by government. These are some Christian things that uh, I think just are fundamentally true for us that we have to sort of stick up for. Mm-hmm. I also would agree, Michael, with what you were saying about, you know, uh, you only get paid if you do the work. So, but I, to me, that's more of an integrity issue. Mm-hmm. Like you have an internal uh, dignity that you want to sort of bear out. That's that work issue to yeah. me. Um, okay, so let's talk about, if we can just, and maybe we'll end on this. I don't know where it's going to go. Uh, and I'm really putting you on the spot here, but let's talk about, some of the issues that have come up in this current election cycle and where and how Christians should respond to them. I mean, there's a couple real prominent ones that are in play, and I think there's some diversity, and I'd love for us as Christian pastors to speak to some of those issues because I think our folks want to hear from them, hear about them in the pulpit, and maybe we don't have time, whatever, but here we do have a little bit of time. Um, one I'd like to bring up, we don't have to start with it, is immigration because that's a super talked about one. So I think... Mm-hmm. Where's, where's Christianity and immigration would be up I'd love to hear your take on that what would be some other ones do you think of issues that we should talk about anything really as long question.
2: as the refugee thing falls into the immigration it's, one I think it I think does, it does. Yeah. And so as long as that's part of that then I think that's yeah, I think that's for, the top one that needs you. to be talked about right now I Okay. think
0: yeah. Uh, yeah Michael what do you think what would be an issue
1: let's start with that and see where we go
0: okay <laughs> Okay. great yeah. well okay so Dax do you want to talk about refugees and immigration what, 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 what should the Christian think
2: Well, I've had people ask, you know, come up to me recently and start talking about um, how scary it would be to have all of these refugees flooding into our country. Now we're talking about like Syria. Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about Syrian refugees. refugees. We're talking about that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, my response and I think the biblical response is is that. I would so much rather make the mistake that we let something happen that might cause us to be in danger. Which What's I, their fear? I, I think I well, know their fear, but what are you perceiving right. their fear is? Well, one person actually said they're going to be hungry, they're not going to have jobs, they're going to break into my house and hurt me and take wow. my food and take my job and take you know, like just overrun the country. And so um, That's terrific honesty. I think that is ridiculous. Um, I think that it, you, you cannot believe that I mean these people are hungry right now right. and they're not killing anybody to take their food right. um, so I just think that that's uh, every single western civilization in the world and most other ones have a system in place for feeding people who are hungry there's no major urban centers in the entire developed world that don't have some place already in place to feed hungry people All right, and so I don't believe that refugees that come here are going to be taking our food from us. So Christians should. So Christians should be in favor of, uh, first of all, taking in refugees. Anybody that needs a safe place should be welcome here um i don't know that that makes you a citizen or that's not i'm not sure that's the same thing as immigration i do think that we have a right to national borders and i think we should be able to protect those borders i think that the legal immigration system needs to be addressed immediately i think that it needs to be this has always been a country of immigrants and i think it should always be a country of immigrants and i think it should be the easiest country in the world to immigrate to legally Hmm. Nice, because
0: because, because of Christian because of Christian principles exactly. that you are holding. So how, I, I, I want to be, I want to divorce this from the political okay. side of things and say, look, as a as a believer in Jesus, I think that because
2: as an evangelical, good. I cannot reach these people if you keep them on the other side of the wall. Nice, right? That's bring them to that's me. it. Is how can the church and God has a way? God has churches everywhere, and mm-hmm. God will find everybody. I don't get a shot at them. You don't get a shot at them right. unless they can get through the fence.
0: So you'd be, like, like tear the fence down?
2: Well, I don't mind if we have a fence as long as the gate's open and people are allowed through. Oh, I like that. That's okay, so, like, I might, I might steal. I I'm totally like fine with there being with a border. All right? <laughs> right. And, and I'm not a huge fan of illegal immigration. I get it, you right. know, but... Um, at the same time, given if my circumstances were, were their circumstances, right. might I be an illegal immigrant? Yeah, I might.
0: Right. We've actually had that exact discussion in our family mm-hmm. uh, around the dinner table and that we were talking about this refugee situation. And I just looked at the family and said, look, if we, as we exist right here, mm-hmm. we're in Syria, absolutely 10 out of 10 times. I'm putting all of us on a boat. I'm rolling the dice on whether that mm-hmm. boat floats or not. We're absolutely. getting out of here because I'm not about to, to stay here and let mm-hmm. You guys die either from starvation or from snipers or a bomb. Um, Now, I I did say, okay, if it was just me alone, I might stick it out because that's my home. And if it was me and your mom, we might do that. But kids, uh -uh. uh-uh. Inner discussion. And I said the same thing would be true um, if we lived in Juarez. Mm -hmm. Uh, The drug cartels, beheading people, narco-terrorism. My kids are a part of that. uh Uh-uh. Everybody in the bus... Crossing the border illegally, catch me, um, because I'm going to protect my kids, and I think that's as a dad my, one of my mandates from God uh, is to care for the family and, and provide for them not luxury not luxurious living, but so they don't get killed. Mm-hmm. And I think I think my kids were pretty like, yeah, that sounds right, Dad. <laughs> but I said, recognize clearly, I'm also advocating breaking the law, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, awesome. hmm. <laughs> Complicated. And I'm like, yes, it is complicated. Welcome to the real world, children. Um, so uh, th- that was really difficult yeah. to have that discussion and to recognize that I'm making a choice that is actually against Jesus' mandate of giving unto Caesar, rendering unto Caesar. When he said pay your taxes, mm-hmm. what he's really saying there in a much larger meta sense is obey the law. Mm-hmm. And I have decided in my mind, no, wouldn't do it. Michael, where would you chime in?
1: Um, one, I'd, I would address it. First, that uh, part of the struggle is that most of us see the situations of immigration refugee crisis and we say, man, why doesn't the government do something? And that's not the, the first response of a follower of Christ. Um, it is not the government's responsibility to fix the problem. Uh, it is the church's responsibility to care for the poor and needy. We should be wise and take a, advantage of a democracy in trying to elect people who will do that. But even if we do, it's still our responsibility uh, to provide such an environment to create cities to create states that care for people.
0: so would you be of a similar mind as Dax than to say, "Yeah, fence with a gate, a big gate
1: yeah, any way that we can uh, that we can receive hurting people and care for them, um, I think we need to do, and uh, to the statement of, of they're going to break into my house and, and eat my food." Um, then leave the door open and invite them in. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's scary to invite other people into your life, uh, and that's what the gospel does to you. Yeah. The gospel breaks down the walls of your heart and lets people in, and it's messy, and you get hurt. And Jesus takes care of you. Um, and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's following Christ to elect a government that doesn't want to operate that way. Um, and to live in a community and not operate that way.
0: Um. I love it. I love it. No, I'm, I'm of a similar mind. Uh, I have a, a, a friend of mine goes to church here and uh, has some workings with uh, migrant workers here in town. And I asked him, Hey, what would you what would you say to um, the Republican candidate's idea of building a stronger wall and keeping? Uh, those who want to disobey our laws out and making the rule of law really in effect because that's that's pretty much what Trump's really pushing on pretty hard. It's like there are rules and they need to be obeyed, which I actually agree with that in in, in the principle that he's saying it. Um, the practice is a much different deal. So I said, "What would you do? You think that'll work?" And he's like, "No way. That's a joke. Build the biggest wall you want. Put as many guards as you want. Folks know what we've got here, and they're going to find a way in because." Uh, it's safe, and they can, they can have a life here. And um, I think he's right. I think people are going to pursue that safety any way you can. I would as a dad. So I think my response to that is then, okay, so you're here illegally. And, of course, Marion County. We have a number of illegal immigrants. And, by the way, we all know where they are. They're in a couple of uh, trailer parks just off of seventy five. The police know they're there. Everybody knows they're there. So it's not like it's a big secret. INS can go in there anytime they want. Why don't they? They're useful.
2: We need them. We need them. Mm-hmm.
0: They're doing stuff that nobody else wants to do. No other folks want those jobs. Um, and so they're there doing that work. And so to which I would say, okay, you know, they, they pay into Social Security. They're never going to get a dime of that money. Never a dime. They pay all those taxes. They don't get any of the social services out of it, except for um, EMS stuff. Mm. You know, if there's a fire or whatever, then they obviously get responded to. Um, but they pay in a lot more than they ever get out of, to which I would say, man, if you want to talk about fairness, mm. I'm a part of it. I'm, I'm already a part of an unjust system, mm. just by my status quo complicit nature in our society. I know people are being oppressed and I want to continue to propagate that somehow I I don't see how it's a Christian idea Um, now I also see the struggle that Germany's under right now with all the refugees they've accepted uh, economically it's it's challenging and I see some xenophobia coming out of Germany which is (laughs) <laughs> Frankly, been a historical problem no, so their they've <laughs> had some xenophobic issues, maybe you've heard of them world war two and um, so but it, it started to raise its head again,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: I thought, what well, would that ha- would, would we have a similar issue here i don't think we would because of our da of viewwort as you already noted i don't think we would because of our um, immigrant past. But when I hear some of the political folks speak i 'm like whoa i don't, i don't understand the world you're talking about. That scares me, that world that he talks about. (laughs) Now I've just played my
2: hand, haven't I? Yeah, there you
0: go. Okay, so Michael, now it's your turn to develop what you're going to do. Um, Are there any other issues that we think Christians, the folks that you get to hang out with, they're wrestling with, that we should say something to?
2: Pausing, Dax. I think it's worth noting that all of the the biblical ideas that you brought up about taking care of the least of these and all that thing, all that kind of thing. I think that the the Christians who are on the right often would say that those are they hold those values as highly as does anybody else. Right. That's within the church. They just make a distinction between it being the government's job and it being the church's Correct. job. And so that's very. Um, fair. And so to vote for a Republican candidate they don't see as inconsistent with what Jesus would do because they're not voting someone in to do that. Right. They're voting they, they're planning on doing it at home, even right. though they don't right, right. So <sighs> I just felt like that to be fair. <laughs> to be fair
0: that's, that's right. good. I agree to be fair. I think we often give ourselves a pass mm-hmm. uh, with stuff that makes us uncomfortable saying, "Well, I'll do that on my own time, right And of course, I mean, then Survivor comes on, right. and or the Bachelorette, and I missed it, apparently. I missed my refugee moment because right. Bachelorette was doing her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, it's tough. We are inconsistent people. Yeah. We are inconsistent people. How will you guide your folks at your church in the upcoming November 2nd? How will you take them... Uh, through these issues or we've only talked about one, by the way. <laughs> uh, so kudos to us. We're, we're clearly well-rounded people. Um, what, what do you do? want to talk
2: about guns?
0: <laughs> I mean, Second <Seven laughs> I love it. Let's go there. Um, fine. Yeah. I mean, that's I think, I actually think that's issues sort of, it's played out mm-hmm. because I think it's already been decided. Uh, I think a lot of that is just flag waving. Yeah. Um, uh, The only thing I get frustrated with guns when it comes to that discussion is the fear-mongering that that goes on when people say, oh, they're going to take your guns. No one's taking anything. I do think the Second Amendment, for what it is today, is much maligned for what it was intended from. What the framers of the Constitution meant and what it's become today are vastly different things. But the Constitution is an evolving document, so I can live with that. That's fine. No big deal. Um, But mainly, it just seems a way to get people freaked out. I mean, both times Obama got elected, guns and ammo sales went through the roof. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you who is hoping for a Democratic candidate are the pawn stores, because they're <laughs> primed to make a killing if Hillary Clinton gets elected. Yeah. They're, I, I would imagine, super eager for her to get elected. I mean, what, what would you say then, Dax? You brought it up, Second
2: Amendment. What would you say? What's the Christian response to that? I don't think there is a Christian response to it. I think it's a purely political response. The, I mean, the, the, the way gun, the gun, issue, the gun you know? issue. like I'm not sure that I would be willing to attach the fact that I'm a Christian to what I think the Second Amendment means and how I think it should be upheld. I think it's it's unfair and inconsistent to put the pro-gun people and the religious right together all the time. I think that that's uh, misrepresents the reality of the situation. They very they very much are put together, though. I know. Yeah, Texas is full of you know pro gun Democrats today. Historical oh, Democrats. Was, they was, don't okay. vote Democrat.
0: Today, but I was like, really? Democrats. I, I'd yeah. like to meet that. It'd be, be interesting. <laughs> I'd be very curious about that. What do you think, Michael?
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with Dax. I, um, you're not going to find a Bible verse that talks about how to <laughs> you carry your gun. Um, if you want to get really just straight up, right? Um, so that that's a. Uh, I think it's a very very political issue and uh, my biggest thing that uh, you, you talk about how do we uh, walk with people in our church through all this issue yeah. um, I think part of the mindset of American Christians has been uh, we're a democracy and Christianity rules that democracy um, the Christianity I see in scriptures uh, doesn't win its, and rule its government most of the time, um, we have a voice that is ignored, and uh, we're not the losers. We're not the winners of, of any election, uh, but we're the ones that that pray for the emperor. Amen. We're the ones that and obey. Yeah, we obey. We obey. We, we, we are the best citizens, um, and when we vote, our voice most of the time it's not heard. Um, uh, sometimes it's beaten down, but uh, I, I think that's a mindset that's. Vastly different from what most American Christians think of when they think of the election now. Um, So there's that. And then there's how do you respond afterwards? One way or another, you're going to get a candidate. Um, As a Christian, how you handle a candidate, especially if they disagree with what you think is right, how do you you care for them? How do you live under the law? How do you glorify God amidst a government? Yeah. that is uh, against what you are for which is a reality today uh, no matter what candidate we have up there you're living in a government under a government that doesn't agree with us 100% how do you live under that how do you do uh, how do you follow christ in such a way that our current our country flourishes that our community flourishes
0: that's a great word and maybe that's the one we should end on because you're reminding me of uh, peter's words in first peter Where he says, uh, honor the authority that you live under. And I am constantly reminded that Peter lived under Nero. Who, as much as you may hate Trump or Hillary, they're not nearly as bad as Nero. He was way worse. (laughs) Nero wins every single time. And yet Peter, who was then martyred by Nero, um, said no. Obey him. Serve him. Pray for him. Um... Don't fight him. Don't pick up a sword. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, become that person that is out there uh, holding signs, uh, honk if you hate Nero. Um, instead, serve. I think that's a much, uh, that's a scripture's injunction. That's what Peter did. It cost him everything. Yeah. Should, should Peter have been afraid? I, I mean, I, I guess he didn't want to die. That would be my, my guess. Yeah. But he was willing to. Yeah. And I love that choice. Um, it does scare me. I don't want to die. But I'm also not going to lose my faith Good. over that choice. I'll keep my faith and do what I have to do. Thankfully, I don't have that choice. There is no Nero on the ballot this election, though some want to convince us that the, that he or she is that person. Yeah. I don't believe it. Uh, great words, guys. Any final parting comments you want to offer? You wouldn't yeah. encourage people to vote, right?
2: Absolutely. You, yeah. you would not encourage but them to like absolute. stay home. Absolutely. Ethical responsibility to you as must American citizens to vote to participate mm. in, yeah. any, in any way. Definitely, participate. we are called to participate in the time and place we were put, and nice. part of where we're put is a republic democracy, right? And so love we it. have to participate. Love it, yeah. love it. What are you going to say, Michael?
1: No, one hundred percent. It's it's the it's the Christian privilege uh, to care for the people uh, that are around you and. One of the rights we get to do that with is is voting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do it and take it seriously Mm -hmm. Um, and love people. Amen.
0: Yeah, love them first and um, both those you uh, are on the same side with and those on the other side and those outside the fence, too.
1: We follow a Savior that died so others can live, and that's what we're supposed to do. Great. Politically, that's really not fun, but it's (laughs) what we're called to do. It's messy. Yeah.
0: I love it. Guys, thank you. And uh, if this podcast was helpful for you, we'd love for you to share it with your community. So uh, anything that you can do to help this podcast get out there would be great. That would be like giving us a review. Uh, if we'd love to also hear from you. So if you uh, have some comments or some questions about this podcast, feel free to email us. You can email me at uh, french at gmail.com, and I'll share it with my two pastor friends here. Guys, thanks again for coming in. Thanks. Uh, my thank you. I hope that uh, this is uh, useful for... All of our people.
2: I do too. Amen.
0: We're so glad that you've been a part of our conversation today. We hope that you will take what you've heard and share what you've learned. Again, if you'd like to learn more about our church community, please come find us on Facebook, on Instagram, or online at graceocala.org. Go in peace.